Welcome back in, friends. You are listening to mile 47 of the Seconds Flat Running podcast. This is our year and decade end edition. Hope you are having a wonderful holiday season with friends and family. I am here with one of my dear friends, Mr. Sessions. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Doing good. This is a uh, kind of sad episode. And so it is. I uh, I planned to get into this a little more later on, but we'll we'll kick right off with the good stuff. Oh, okay. Mr. Sorry. Sessions, Benji is taking a position in corporate America. <laughs> he will be leaving us, moving to the Research Triangle. Yes, sir. In North Carolina. Getting ready to start a new job there, first of the year. We anticipate, hope, and expect that we will still be doing this podcast, just a slightly different format moving forward, but we're going to make sure you're still around. I am truly excited for you, and I'm going to get emotional before we even start. I, I just want to say thank you for some great memories here. You know, for the past two years doing this, I think we've both grown a lot in our appreciation of, of the sport, the the people that we've gotten to interview, and more importantly, though, just what your friendship means to me. It will not be the same without doing this every time together in studio, but as long as I get to hear that sweet voice <laughs> via, I don't know, what were you like using a microwave connection or something? across state boundaries ham radio radio. i have a tin can with a string that i'm gonna throw up to you up there so (laughs) i'm incredibly excited for you and proud of you but to say that i will miss you would be the understatement of the decade and i guess that's where we'll begin that's right on that note we're gonna reflect on this year in running and the excitement of the past decade so we're going to build toward our, our key piece here is we decided to do a fantasy draft for a cross-country meet with the top runners of the past decade based only on the performances they have had in the past decade. And these are all, this is a U.S. Uh, yes, that's correct. This is Americans only. We are each going to go through a draft and pick our five-man racing squad for our team of the decade based on performances from cross-country as well as track, road, trail. And we're going to each come up with a five-man all-star squad for a face-off. Before we get there, we're going to hit you with some highlights of the year and the decade of impressions that have been left on us. So as two guys who spend a lot of time in running shoes and selling running shoes... Let's start off with the shoe. So I'm going to take shoe of the year, right? And then you're going to give me your shoe of the decade? That sounds good to me. So I am going to pick a shoe that at this time last year, I didn't see this coming. Skechers Razor 3 Wow, is my shoe of the year. No way. Benji, you said to me earlier, well, everybody's going to pick the next percent. And it is obviously an incredible racing shoe. But the Skechers Razor 3 with the hyperburst midsole that is super bouncy but incredibly light shoes under seven ounces it is crazy versatile you've seen me use it for a lot of different things i've got a long run i've had it on the track i use it for the tempo or the fartlek out on the trail easy days it does it all 
If you like a little lower drop, it's a four millimeter heel to toe drop shoe and it's absolutely fantastic. I have been in multiple pairs this year. Nothing has been better for me in 2019 than the Skechers Razor 3. So we'll give some love to our friend Chris Lampersky out of Charlotte with Skechers. You're doing something right up there, buddy. So Skechers Razor 3 is my shoe of the year. Now I defer to Mr. Corporate America <laughs> to pick me a shoe of the day. Decade. Now, are you going to go with a specific individual model, or is this like long term? Uh, I'm going to say this model's line. The, the I, yeah, okay. Model line. Yeah, yeah that's a uh, that's a thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm putting a bit of user bias into my selection, um, just because the shoe has served me so well. I'm going to go with the Brooks launch. Mm. Um, lightweight, neutral shoe. Brooks have been putting out for this entire decade. Um, I've had over 20 pairs of it. It's lightweight enough you could do speed work in it or race a long-distance race. It's cushion enough you can go run a marathon in it if you want to. Yep. Um, the price point is what every high school runner and struggling kid out of college needs. Yeah. It's 100 bucks. It's almost always been 100 bucks. I think when I started running in 2009, it was 90 Yeah. And it's gone up $10. Yeah, it's just no frills to me. It's what running should be. It's a simple well-cushioned, lightweight shoe. It just enhances, but doesn't change anything about your natural motion. The first iteration of that was so good that when Brooks was not sure about bringing it back, the crowd just went wild. Everybody was clamoring, bring back the launch. I was heartbroken. The value you get for how much you pay for the Brooks launch, certainly worthy of inclusion. We always like to talk about what we're reading here on the program within the running world. So I'm going to take a running book of the year for me once again, and then I'll send it to you, Benji, for your running book of the decade. For me, this was an easy one. I went with Running to the Edge from Matthew Futterman. If you have not heard our interview with Matt, that is mile 37. Go back and listen. He's a great interview. This is a man who loved this story so much that he wrote. He was so passionate about it. He just, he freely gave so much time. He went on several podcasts. Uh, We just contacted him out of the blue, just a cold contact to to a publicist. And he was so generous in sharing time with us to tell this story. This is One Piece Biography. The story of legendary coach Bob Larson, who was successful at the high school, the collegiate, the club, and professional levels, most notably as Meb Kofleski's coach. This is also a great training manual. There is a short passage where they break down Coach Joe V. Hill's core running tenets that is really fantastic. That is interwoven with Matt's personal experience in his marathoning, and then just incredibly beautiful narrative. I am going to give you a little excerpt here that summarizes the journey this book takes you on and how you get that feeling of a great run and what it's like to challenge yourself in training. And so he's discussing what it means to run to the edge in the context of This idea that Larson espoused of the tempo run, long grind where you're comfortably uncomfortable. You're not racing, but you're certainly not cruising. Among those great passages of that dynamic of pushing your edge, uh, Futterman writes, 
Take that journey to a moment that feels dangerous. Then stay there. Make it last. Learn to find comfort in that space. Go there with a like-minded soul so you are not afraid to push the edge out a little further on the next journey. To stay there a little longer and faster. And this way, every mile, every second becomes meaningful. Because the longer you are there, the longer you believe you can stay, perhaps forever. And there's some beautiful passages like that throughout. Exceptional book. Go get a copy if you haven't already read Running to the Edge by our friend Matthew Futterman. What was your favorite from the decade, Benji? Sure. Uh, My favorite book pertaining to running in the decade is actually a biography on coach John McDonnell. Yeah, you've mentioned this before. He was the coach at the University of Arkansas from 1972 to 2008, and he is regarded as the most successful coach in the NCAA. Just a little bit about his accolades. While at Arkansas, they won 40 national titles as a team. He coached 185 All-Americans. It's not shabby. 54 individual national champions and 23 Olympians. From 1984 to 1995, his teams won 12 consecutive NCAA indoor track championships, <laughs> the longest streak of any national titles by any school in the NCAA, regardless of sport. Amazing. This is just a short dude from Ireland with a temper who kind of fell into coaching. It's a really unique story, and seeing how he knew which like things to say when to say them and could evoke the responses he wanted from his athletes and help guide them to making decisions that they could own to be them best selves their best selves is very impressive and worth the read so there's something to be said for how we often fall into the things that are are our best fits yes but moreover, what you just said about the art, the nuance, the individualization and communication of coaching and training that Coach McDonald mastered like very few others have. And I would say you also see that in Coach Bob Larson in the book I picked. And that's definitely a theme that crosses those two great books. John McDonald, what a storied career and fitting given the impressive season from Arkansas track and field that we discussed recently on the program after their women's national championship in cross country this fall. Let's step it up a notch here. Let's go to athlete of the decade. We'll divide this into a women's and men's category. Would you like to kick this off here, Benji? I did a top three. I didn't really oh, wow. know what you were going to do. You were much more prepared than I. Well, one of us has to carry this thing. So Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so mine may be the latter half of his career, but I appreciate and think the athlete of the decade, and probably the decade before, is Usain Bolt. I am in lockstep with you. I picked Bolt also as my male athlete of the decade. No more has had more reach in the athletic world. No one is a bigger name. The things he's accomplished, the records, the wins, the immortality, it almost seemed like, of his career, it's amazing. The sheer dominance 
combined with the name recognition that went way beyond track and field. Second place, I went with Elliot Kipchoge, who was also incredibly dominant. Marathon world record, winning marathon major after marathon major. To the average person, non-track, non-running fan, they know, did you see that guy who broke two hours in that special Mm -hmm. marathon event? But they know the name Usain Bolt. Exactly. It is transcendent. And a big piece of that is still just how much respect the 100-meter dash has at the Olympics in a world that I kind of feel is post-Olympic. It doesn't carry the same weight that it once did, in part because... We don't watch it all in the evening on tape delay anymore. You can get it live from the other side of the world. You know the results before you sit down. And other sports are certainly more popular. Despite that, Usain Bolt's name recognition worldwide, second to none. I went Bolt. I went Kipchoge. And do you want to take a guess on my third? Ooh, David Rudisha? Oh, that's a good one. I did consider him. Who'd you have? I went Sir Mo. Mo oh, Farrell, well, right? course, as yes. the dominant 5K, 10K runner of the decade. And really, you take the first like seven, eight years of the decade where he's winning virtually every race at those distances. And then at the end of the decade, he sets a European record in the marathon. And I know it was perhaps an unceremonious fall off the cliff at Chicago with his performance <laughs> this year which is leading now, we haven't discussed this on the program yet, to his return to the 10,000 meters. That's his plan for the Olympics in Tokyo. We'll see what kind of shape he's in for that race. But I went uh, Sir Mo number three. What about a top American? I didn't even put this on my list, but now I'm thinking about it because I noted it for women. Do you have a top American men's athlete of the teens? Of the teens. I guess that's what we're calling them. Yeah. Wow. That is an excellent question. Did you have one right away? Well, the first name that came to mind, I actually won't pick because of a suspension. Yes. Is Justin Gatlin. Oh, okay. Because he was incredibly successful this decade. I'm going to pass on him, even though in his late 30s, he's still ridiculously fast and has high-level success at the World Championships and the Olympics. Other names that came to mind for me quickly, Galen Rupp. That was in my head. Yeah, as you know, Chicago Marathon champion, a medalist at two different distances. I would also include Chris Zielinski on the distance side because his sub-27 and yep. his sub-13 just kind of opened the door for the next generation seeing what was possible. Yep, I can agree with that. You got to throw Christian Coleman and Noah Lyles in there. They're not proven and towards the end of the decade, and I think they'll be future stars. They're the guys that are doing it right now. Yeah, it feels a little early on them, but I agree the names came to mind. I do think we are selling short uh, a couple guys in the throws. Ryan Krauser, Joe Kovacs have been so, so good in recent years. So those names are out there. They might actually take the cake for me now. Yeah, they could. And it depends on what, you know, I could I start thinking like triple jump and some other events where we have some names. But yeah, I, one of those is probably my first pick. Mm. Ladies. Yeah, so I'm going to go a little unconventional. Please do. With my choice. 
And I'm going to go with Gabe Grunwald as my uh, athlete of the decade. Yep. For those who don't know, uh, Gabe Grunwald was a professional runner for Brooks. In 2009, she was diagnosed with cancer and lost her battle with cancer this year. She made countless finals at U.S. championships during that time, continuing to battle and inspire others. Um, I think the reach she had on people outside of the sport is probably greater than most athletes could like ever hope to achieve during their athletic career or through their athletic career. And I think being the athlete of the decade is, yes, it's about your athletic accomplishments, but it's also about what you do with your reach. I think she reached a little bit farther than most people ever can. That's a great one. Yeah, she, uh, as successful as she was after coming back from those early treatment bouts, she fought that for a decade and still ran well throughout that entire decade. And you're right, the whole Brave Like Gabe movement certainly is a powerful one and something we will all remember from the decade. I will never forget that U.S. Fi- or prelim where she got dead last, but after the race, all the ladies of her prelim grabbed her hands and prayed over her as she had just recently relapsed and was going through surgeries and chemo again. The result didn't matter, but the respect people had and the care they had for her certainly was evident. I have Genzabe de Baba. Oh, yeah. She's... As my athlete of the decade. Amazing. Right. The clearly most dominant mid-distance runner of the decade and incredibly successful world record holder. Great at the 15, great at the 5,000. Just incredible. To me, it was a no-brainer for best female runner of the decade and as a member of the best female running family of the decade, too, uh, with her sister Tiranish Dababa, who was... Also incredibly successful. Number two, I got a little patriotic, went a little jingoistic here. I picked Allison Felix. Oh, yes. Number two. America's darling. Yes, absolutely. Again, a theme we've built on here, people who transcend the sport a little bit. It was just the excitement this year at USA Championships to see if she could make another U.S. team for World Championships. Multiple medals on the World Championship and Olympic stage. She has been our premier runner over the course of the decade when you look at the sprints and sprint relays. My American runner-up was Molly Huddle. I mean, I felt like Molly Huddle won every American distance championship for a long time, it (laughs) seemed like. But my number three overall, I'm going to go Mary Katani. So I did not pick our newly minted women's world record holder in the marathon. I thought Mary Katani sustained excellence over the course of the decade at marathon majors made her the pick to be number three overall. Yeah, and I just want to add in, maybe this goes a little off topic because we were talking athlete of the decade, like being an athlete during the entire decade, I feel like. Two athletes who maybe made the statements of the decade for me as far as Americans, women running. Yeah. Um, were Des Linden and Shalane Flanagan. Yep. How many young girls did they inspire winning Boston and New York? And we talk about people who know names that aren't in the sport. I think they both have become some household names. They opened doors and they raised the bar. As we move into the 2020 cycle here in Tokyo, runners like Emily Sisson, whoever Jordan Assay, who's on this Olympic team, are going to feel like they can compete with the best in the world because of what those two women did, Lyndon at Boston, 
Shalane at New York City. Both winning marathon majors that American women had not won in decades. And the unique ways in which they did so. The, the weather that Des ran in at Boston. The way that Shalane celebrated as she came to the line <laughs> at New York. They certainly set the foundation for who might be great in the next decade. So let's go there. Athletes of the next decade. Who do we think are going to be the stars of the next decade? We're going to make our predictions now. We're going to go ahead and start with women since we were just talking about the sure. women. You can take the lead on this. Okay. One. I have these two at the top of my list. I have Sydney McLaughlin for American mm-hmm. women in most likely 400 hurdles. We're going to see her as having been an Olympian that distance as a high schooler in the previous decade, there's a very real chance that she could be at the top of the world for three Olympic cycles this decade in 2020, 2024, and 2028. Obviously Tokyo, but that also means if she continues through that cycle, there's going to be an Olympics in Los Angeles in the United States with her potentially as a star at the prime of her career. And then I will also pick the world record holder in the marathon who I just mentioned, Bridget Koske. Bridget has been, just over the past year or two, the the dominant marathoner, but there's no signs that this is anything other than on an upward trajectory. We may see her break that record. I think that's a huge ask of us to expect it, but she certainly carries the marathon torch into Tokyo, and could she have Kipchoge-like dominance in the marathon majors over the next few years? Again, that may be expecting too much, but she certainly shows a dominant level of talent shattering the world record at Chicago, running on her own, just with pacers. I'm going to pick those two as the first two women that I would pick. Benji? As far as American star of the next decade, I'm going to go with Shelby Houlihan. Love it. I thought about that name as well. American record holder at the 5,000. I can't remember the last time she lost a U.S. title. She is a gamer. She is gritty. She sticks her nose in it. In that crazy fast 1500 at the World Championships this summer, she went with it. And I think that type of gutsiness is going to make her a force to be reckoned with for the next 10 years. Uh, How about men? You want to go ahead with your pick on the men's side or you want me to start it off? You start. Okay, I got a few here. You've mentioned one already, Noah Lyles as the 200-meter star. American stars have already, uh, sprint stars have always been huge in popular culture. We know Michael Johnson and Carl Lewis, and we can take it all the way back to Jesse Owens. But Noah Lyles also has the personality, the smile, everything to go with it. Another guy with the personality and smile that I actually just absolutely love, Grant Holloway. Absolutely. He is, he's the guy, I think, for us in the next decade, 110 hurdles. Mondo Duplantis? Mm. Pole vault teen sensation turned pro out of Louisiana State. And then the one that's captured the country just this spring and summer, but who knows what to expect as he moves into college, is Matthew Bowling, White Lightning, headed to the University of Georgia. Everything that surrounded just what he accomplished with huge numbers he put up at multiple distances just how good he is as as a long jumper was buried in these insanely fast 400 meter relay splits and 100 meter dashes 
expectations are high for him at Georgia, no doubt, with a great coaching staff there. He'd be my youngest pick here of a guy moving to the next level now who I think will become a household name in the roaring 20s. <laughs> Matthew Bowling. It's all yours, man. I feel at such a loss because you chose so many great names. And you're going to pick a terrible one? or No, 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 no. Are you going to say add, me? I'm going to add just one more. Oh, please do. Rye Benjamin. Oh, The cool. Southern California grad. Yep. Uh, he is in the elite club of being one of three people who have broken 47 seconds for the 400 hurdles. Yep. His rivalry with Karsten uh, Warholm will be fun to watch in the next decade. Yes. And he's only two years out of college, so he's still young. He has a lot of running left in him, and I think sky's the limit. What intrigues me about that pick? A year ago, maybe? A year and a half ago? I don't know that he would have even been number one on our list of USC runners. Michael Norman, oh, no. yeah. who still could be a face of the next decade. And I think we probably should include him in that list. But Rye Benjamin, for sure. That's a great pick. Thanks. Okay, race of the decade. Go first, bud. Oh, really? Do you want me to go first? I mean, I can go first. I'm so excited to hear yours, though, that I almost want you to. Okay, okay I'll go first, though. Let's go to 2016. Let's. We're in Rio. Yes, it's we were. the Olympiad. The Games of the Olympiad. What the number was Hunger it? I don't Games. Remember. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why you got mad at me that you didn't know, know the number. Okay. I need Wikipedia. All right, um, Wiki. Anyway, the event, now that we've made it to this point, the event is the men's 400-meter dash. Oh, yes. In this race, we saw a 17-year-old world record get broken by a South African man by the name... Wade Van Niekirk. Remember it. Yep. And what's crazy about this race, and Wade Van Niekirk was one of the favorites going into this. It wasn't unexpected that he won. It was a little bit unexpected he set a world record. Yes. But it's the fact he did it out of lane eight. Lane eight. the first time ever in an Olympics or world championship that the gold medal was won out of lane eight, let alone the world record being set out of lane eight. Yeah, I knew that statistic, and it still blows my mind. For the person who has not run 400 meters out of lane eight, what makes that such a challenge to do what he did? You're running blind. You have no (laughs) clue what anyone else is doing in the other seven lanes, and the incredible and inherent natural value of competition in pushing your performance is almost eliminated the the only thing you have is i gotta run scared yes because somebody you have to assume somebody's coming for you and i just wish that we could see more of wade van niekirk healthy because it has been so up and down since then who knows what we're going to get next year if we'll ever see him at that level again but good pick thank you Now, I have two here because the first one is so widely considered the race of the decade. I know that you had it in mind for your selection as well and chose not to take it. So I'm going to put this out there because this is the race of the decade. 2012. Yep. (laughs) London Olympic 800 meter final. We've mentioned it here before. David Rudisha sets the world record. He leads wire to wire. He is the first man to run 800 meters under 1 minute and 41 seconds. Nigel Amos finishes second. 
he sets a world junior record. So we got two world records already. Seven guys run personal bests. All eight ran season bests. Seven men are under 143.4. Just dirty. Two Americans under 143. Because of the time they ran this and it being in London a few hours off from us in the Eastern time zone, I actually remember getting up and running before this in the morning and laying back down in bed and I watched this thing happen in bed and was out of my mind, jumped out of bed. There were actually two events at those London Olympics where I behaved like a child. Oh, I know the other one. It was this, I jumped out of bed and was holding, I had a, at the time I had a super small, like literally like 15 inch television. And I'm holding on to this thing as Radish is running the last 200 meters. And the second was also London 2012. And it was when Mo and Galen are kind of medal. And this is like blowing my mind that an American medal is happening in in this distance event right in front of me. I'm in the basement watching on a normal size television, smacking the ground the entire last 400, trying to bring Galen home. Yeah, I have a funny story about that one as well. So that race was August 4th. Mm. which was my 18th birthday. Uh-oh, did you smoke a cigarette for it? I did not. Okay. But I remember telling my dad prior to the race that if an American could medal, I would be the happiest person ever. Yeah. So we're just watching this. I think it was an afternoon. Yeah, it was. It was a later race, yeah. And we're sitting on the couch, and we're getting to a lap to go. I'm standing up screaming, sobbing. I don't remember the last time I had cried before that, but well, I was just sobbing. I don't know if it was from the race or the pinch of male pouch tobacco you had in your lip for your 18th <laughs> birthday and the scratch-offs that were around your nude body. I don't know why I assumed you were nude watching this with your father. That seems <laughs> like that, that escalated right, quickly. From the... Just It was an awesome moment, right? So we'll take that, even though I just called it the race of the decade, I'm going to take it off the table since we both agree on it. I'm going to go to my second pick since I think you yes. did the same. 2017. I don't know if you remember that year. That happened. Mm, tried to forget it. Yep. Dogwood Classic. Oh, yes. The greatest high school 800 meter race ever. I love this. Get on YouTube, people. Watch this photo finish. Brandon McGordy, Drew Hunter, Alex LeMong, in that order, photo finish, three high school 800-meter runners. Apparently, I can only pick 800-meter races. Go under one minute and 48 seconds. All three of them on that day broke the previous national season's best in the 800. Three high schoolers under 148. And if you watch it, every time I watch it, I'm still not sure who won. Mm. There is a little bit of a conspiracy theory that Drew Hunter was third, some people like to say. Oh, really? Some friends of ours. I'm just like, <laughs> watch that, the... watch that Max? Watch the, that? No, no. <laughs> just watch the video, people. Obviously, Drew Hunter has gone on to pretty big things uh, with the 10-man elite group. Dogwood Classic, spring 2017, high school race of the century, I'll say it. Wow. Screw decade. With that, it's time to move to the main event. It's time for a fantasy draft. Rules are there are no rules. Ooh, shirt is off. (laughs) We are going to arm wrestle for the first pick. 
His um, shirt is off. His shirt is off. Fortunately, there is not the typical pool of belly button sweat <laughs> we often see when he takes his shirt off during a podcast. <laughs> off the rails for his final episode in studio. Okay, we're going to pick five guys. The assumption here is that we get to coach this team of five for an entire training season through a whole cycle to get ready for a head-to-head dual meet to claim 20 teens distance running supremacy. We'll say it's a collegiate distance, maybe 8 to 10K. Let's call it 9K. Let's call it a 9K. They never run it, but they will for this. We'll meet in the middle. It's a 9-kilometer duel. Where is it going to be contested? Who's got a good 9K course? I think Terre Haute. Terre Haute? Yeah, we'll put it Terre Haute. maybe a, Furman. Okay. <laughs> you think about where they ran a lot of collegiate cross-country championships the past decade. Terre Haute obviously comes to mind. Maybe Louisville, Tom Sawyer. Wisconsin would be a fun place. There. That's a good course. I feel like Madison. that's probably the best combination of the three. Like, yeah. Because Terre Haute's super hilly. Louisville's pancake flat. It's, it's a little Wisco faster, yeah. meets in the middle. Let's say Wisconsin. Okay, we're going to do this in Madison on the cross-country course at the University of Wisconsin. How do we want to do the selection process? Will we do a snake draft in which the first pick then is followed by two picks from the opposite team, back and forth with two picks each? Or are we just going to do a conventional straight up, whoever picks first gets to pick first in each round? Let's do your little snake idea, a little okay. Slytherin snake. We'll snake it up here. Sneaky snake. <laughs> I apologize. There is a topless man in front of me yelling out sneaky snake. <laughs> this may be our most listened to episode ever. This may also get us banned from we the internet we permanently. We get an explicit rating or disclaimer. Gosh, we can hope. Would you like the first selection? I feel like we should... Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> I was going to say, like, play rock, paper, scissors. Because I don't... You know no, what? I want no, you no, to it's ha- yours. It's you, yours. You can have it's it. It's yours. You can have it. Okay. You want me to take the first pick? Yeah, you take the okay. first pick. Okay, I'll take the first pick. I kind of didn't want it, actually, now that I look yeah, at it. Yeah, I feel I like there's depth with two and three. I'll select first. I'll take Galen Rupp. Uh, yep. Galen Rupp is 10K Olympic silver medalist. He is a marathon bronze medalist, sub 13 minute 5,000 meter runner, 352 miler, 2017 Chicago marathon champion. When you put all that down on paper, like that is a serious career Mr. Rupp has had. It's not over yet. We hope to see him next at the Olympic trials in Atlanta. He did have good success on the grass in college, although that was before the 2000 teens so as an aside remember only performances from 2010 to 2019 will be considered for the merit of this team all right so i will take galen rupp via oregon and the nike oregon project as the first overall selection and i have a customized seconds flat singlet with his name on it (laughs) rupp number one you have the next two selections awesome so my first pick is going to be Chris Selinski. Oh, okay. I like this pick. Now, I didn't have him quite as high as you, so this might work out okay. Chris Selinski off the board. 12.56 5K runner, 26.59 10K runner. You can just stop there, right? I could. I'm not going to. No, you don't need to, though. He's huge. <laughs> I love it. This man is six foot, 160 pounds. Strong as an ox. 
He is going to pummel Galen Rupp, grab him by the neck and the ankles, snap him over his knee. This seems like grounds for a disqualification. <laughs> that's good. That's So that's going to be my first pick. So Solinsky, who was the first non-African to break 27 in the 10K, set an American record doing it on a night that was set up for Galen Rupp to try to break Meb's 10K American the record. Rupp killer. Yep. He is also the at the time he ran that number the second fastest non-african 5000 meter runner ever my only reservation about Selinsky, i love the pick he's on my list yeah he i met in the war room with my advisors we put him high on our draft board there were discussions about upside strength length were mentioned only reservation here is those two things happened in 2010 the rest of his career anything of consequence was before 2010 and since then he's done nothing but man those but two I'm things getting were good. his best self yes. during this decade and, and i get to coach him. you get to coach him because this dude's talented i don't have to make him run 140 miles a week like jerry schumacher i guarantee if you had coached Selinsky since 2010 40 miles a week weight room four times a week he may have done that part already he probably did you would have him he'd be one heck of a power lifter so Solinsky is off the board you get another pick i'm gonna go with sam chalanga oh gosh 1304 in the 5k ncaa record holder at 10,000, and a two-time ncaa cross-country champion he's also made the u.s team for the world cross-country championships this man can run on dirt now, I want to just rewind for a minute. He won two NCAA cross-country championships. When did that happen? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. He ran 1304 and 2708 after. That's true, but we have to. This so is like we're I'm in front just... of a jury. The jury never heard okay, that he okay. won those NCAA cross-country championships because those happened before 2010. Would you like me to restate? All my information? The viewers would appreciate that. Okay. Well, they're listeners, actually. Yes. But yes, they'd appreciate it. Okay. Gather yourself. Yes. So my second choice is going to be Sam Chalenga. Okay. Liberty University graduate. He has ran 1304 for 5K, 2708 for 10K, which is still the NCAA 10K record. He has made the cross-country world championship team for the United States and the World Half Marathon Championship team. So this is a strong guy who ran really fast this decade, and at both ends of the decade. Two things to that pick now that we've clarified. One is, I don't like the way you looked at me the entire time you <laughs> described that. You made me very uncomfortable. Two, good pick. I will, though, say I think this is our first reach of the draft. I don't think he's a top five pick. That's w fine. We don't put him on your list. Yeah, you're right. He's on your team, so this is yeah, perfect. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would also like oh, to point sorry. out, before this decade, <laughs> before this decade, he beat Galen Rupp at NCAA's in cross country. Right. We're not picking the the team of the, the odds. The viewers, as you call them, yes. need to know. Okay. So I have two picks now, and my second overall pick is still on the board. I'm taking Leonard Career. Mm. Leonard Career is an NCAA 5K and 10K champion this decade. He ran a 2.07 marathon debut this year at Amsterdam. And he has USATF cross-country American championships to his name. Not something that we're saying for Sammy C. So I'm going to go Leonard Career as my second pick. I got my number one and two overall on the board right here. 
You took Selinski. Okay, now this one. Oh, man, I'm so nervous because there's a guy I want so bad that I'm afraid you're going to take after this. I probably won't. Okay, then I'm, going, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to trust you. <laughs> we don't know who we're talking about. I have some pretty obscure ones That's the rest good. of the way. Okay, I'm going with Bernard Don't Call Me Bernie Lagat. Okay. American record holder at the 5,000 meters in the 2010s. 10K Masters world record holder. 3K American record holder, and what I would describe as a gaggle of American championships at a number of distances, Bernard Lagat will be my selection. And that is not even including what he did for Kenya and what he did before 2010. Great. Just, so we don't even even need to mention those, right? No, we're not going to yeah, mention great. them. Wonderful. Because Let's unlike you, going, I will play by the rules and not <laughs> add the excessive extraneous information so as of this point i have rup career and lagat you have selinski and chalanga the next two are yours all right so next up for me is evan yeager oh i that was not my guy but i was gonna pick him in my next round yes 1302 5k american record holder in the steeplechase 332 1500 meters he's a monster Seven-time U.S. champion in the 3K steeple. Silky, smooth hair. Eight-flat PR. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see him this year, but that's a good pick. I had him on my short list as well. You get another one? I'm going to go with Garrett Heath. You know what? Garrett Heath is worth mentioning because he's just so good at cross-country. Yes. And that's the only reason I thought about him. He, he was not going to be on my list. And it's hard to say with Garrett Heath if he's so good at cross country because he focuses on cross country and a lot of other guys don't or just how good it because he is really really good right but we're running a cross country but we're running a cross country race so he's my sleeper so it's it will be a really interesting theoretical exercise here to see if we put all these other guys in and had them focus on cross country how do they compete against him he's certainly at a tactical advantage given his history i'm going to take my next two i currently have rup career Lagat. I gotta take one that I'm afraid he just won't last anymore. This is if if Heath is your sleeper, I'm taking my sleeper. Ben True. No, he was on my list. Yes, Ben True. Thirteen oh two five thousand meter. But talk about good on all kinds of surfaces. Yes. Is this what we discussed? Yes. Or this was the guy I had in mind. Yep, earlier. of the guy who's good on every surface. He was sixth at the 2013 world cross championships that was the highest finish by an american in something like oh quarter of a century Mm -hmm. he was also an ncaa skiing all american at dartmouth champion on the road of manchester road race which is always a huge event he's incredible on every surface he's been good for my in my entire lifetime it feels like and i'm slightly older than him i'm gonna take ben true and then I'm going to round out my top five with Lopez LeMong. Interesting. I'm going to with Lopez LeMong because I'm going to call him the most versatile American runner of the past decade. He is the only man to win U.S. championships at 1,500 meters and 10,000 meters. He won that 10,000 meter U.S. championship a decade, a full decade, after he was our flag bearer at the 2008 Olympics. Talk about range and longevity. I'll take Lopez LeMong. So my five, 
Galen Rupp, Leonard Career, Bernie Lagat, Lopez Lamong, and Ben True. You have one more pick, young man. Who will be your fifth? I don't want to do this. Then don't do it. But I have to do it. Then do it. Go in with Paul Chalimo. Paul Chalimo, who you love and I am not a huge fan of. Sorry, Paul. You're a great athlete. But he was in some controversies this summer. There was some back and forth between him and some other American athletes. Great pick, though. Largely just on that 5K silver at Rio in the Olympics. It's hard to say no to Paul Chalimo. Easily, he could have been up higher on this list. That was the first American medal in the 5,000 meters since 1964 at the Olympics. That is the Bill Dellinger and, more significantly, Bob Schull gold medal, Milton Union High School in Ohio. Bob Schull, Miami University product. Like the orange juice. Yep. I don't know what that reference meant. I don't know. People (laughs) normally say that after people from that time area. (laughs) Like the orange juice. Okay. Nice. So... That means your starting five, if we're going to call it that for tip-off, is Chris Selinski, Sam Chalanga, EJ, Big Evan. <laughs> Who was your four? Who was your four? Garrett, Garrett Heath. Heath. Yeah, Garrett Heath. <laughs> and Paul Chalimo. This would be a really good race. Do you want to pick an alternate? Do you want to go ahead and yeah, get I it? Think you, we go, should... you go first because it would be your pick next. We'll go ahead and get our, our – sure. in case there's displacing for point purposes. I just want to keep this fun because, yep. like – why not have fun, right? I'm going to go with Maxim Korolov, the Harvard graduate Ooh, who took his fun. last year of eligibility at Stanford and was the NCAA runner-up, but had an undefeated season until that final race. Big Maxim Korolov fan, and he's 6'5", so I love that. That that pick was that clearly came from your heart. Yes. Yeah. That he was, actually, that was when I was in high school did this thing on Facebook where if you tagged him in a post, he would write a song about you and post a video of him singing it. So I have a video somewhere on Facebook of Maxim Korolov playing (laughs) the ukulele, singing a song to me. I can't top that story. I don't have a ukulele moment with my pick, but since you kind of went fun on your pick, I'm going to take one who really maybe only had one big moment this entire decade, but I just want to roll him out there in his 2011 spring form, Ryan Hall. Mm. Sub 205 marathon at Boston in 2011. Why not? I'll take him as as my. I mean, that's a good alternate. I forgot that was this decade. Yeah, I know. It's it was nearly a decade ago. <laughs> I'll take Ryan Hall. Anybody else we didn't mention that was like a strong pick you were thinking about? For me, I actually had Matt Centrowitz in mind. Really? Yeah, with the 1500 meter gold in 2016 at Rio, he just ran a 13 flat 5k this summer Bowerman Track Club event. Yeah. Clayton Murphy came to mind just a really strong mid-distance guy and he was decent at cross in college i actually had two guys who maybe the better half of their career was before this decade but were still absolute studs this decade matt tegan camp oh he was on my list down a little lower and dathan ritzenheim ritz just again it was so good in the previous decade a lot of injury this decade why i didn't go with them but i I like that tegan camp pick so to summarize here are the teams Send us an email. If you got to pick who you think would win this head-to-head, we'll send you some Seconds Flat gear. All right? Seconds Flat Podcast at gmail.com. I went with Galen Rupp, Leonard Career, Bernard Lagat, Lopez Lamong, Ben True, and Ryan Hall is my alternate. I will try to remember Ben's team this time. He went with Chris Selinski, Sam Chalanga, Paul Chalimo, Evan Yeager, 
Garrett Heath. Sorry, Garrett, that I left you out last time. And your alternate, Max Korlov. That's fun. That'd be a fun race. I wish yeah. we could actually do this. I think it'd be a lot closer than maybe it would look like. Than the experts paper. think. Yeah. On paper, I probably have the edge, but I a agree. race is never done on paper. I've, exactly. I've never been good on paper. Let's wrap up with this thing. Our goals in running for the next decade. Benny? I'd like to finish an ultra. Oh, cool. Well, not that I've ever started one, but yeah. <laughs> I'd like to sign up and complete an ultra marathon. I don't know what specific distance, but yeah. You know what? That's probably going to be on my list too at some point over that time span. It's not my top thing. My first thing is I'd like to finish a 5K. Uh, it's been a lot of years since i raced a 5k so we are going to announce right here on the podcast that i will race a 5k this year my plan is greenville news downtown run here in january not necessarily training for it but i'd just like to run a 5k and see kind of where my fitness is there i know i'm way better at longer distances but let's see what i can do so today i finished my last day working at run in And so I actually have some thanks I would like to give out. Please do. First goes to Jim Clark, the owner, and then the managers, Dane and John Bruno, who no longer works here. Uh, They gave me an awesome opportunity. It was always a dream of mine to work here. And after going through a hardship and leaving college and essentially begging for a job, they took me in and mentored me. Um, I'd like to thank you, Travis, (laughs) for being such a good friend and investing way more than you should have in my life, (laughs) both as a friend and a coach, both on the track and off it. Um, And then everyone I've worked with, there are are so many names, but they all mean so much to me. And then I want to thank you again for this podcast. This thing has been so fun and so exciting, and it's really shown me how running can bring all different types of people together. We have seen so many different faces come in here and talk about the podcast or write in or come and ask for advice. It's been incredible and it makes a very big world seem a lot smaller. So thank you and thank all of you here in Greenville and everyone across the world who listens. Beautifully said, my friend. There's nothing that needs to be added to that. I love you. I am too thankful for for the time we've had together, and we will keep this going. We might have a little pause here while you get settled in, and we'll figure out the best way to continue, but we're going to go ahead into into the next decade with with the Seconds Flat podcast. We probably didn't expect to make it through 47 miles, so (laughs) this has been quite a feat for us. Um, Again, good luck. You're going to do great work in North Carolina, buddy. So that is all for mile 47 of the Seconds Flat Running Podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to spend 2019 with all of you, and we're looking forward to 2020. Best wishes for health and happiness for you and your families as we move forward. We'll talk to you on the flip side of the calendar. Take care. See you soon. Bye.